Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. <laughs> Greetings and welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show on the Mark Rob Center, doing a fabulous job as always. I'm Mark Lawrence, uh, as will be evident shortly, if it isn't already, a subpar performer, bad liberal, and uh, just generally pretty darn good looking. But other than that, I don't really bring very well, much to... With the exception of that last statement, I'd say you were belaboring the obvious. All right. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Newly re-elected Mayor Joe McGranahan directly across from me. He's probably great that uh, there were no uh, stronger Republican Trump followers to oust him out of there. But uh, we'll discuss that uh, later. Uh, on our On the Mark uh, program, we've been uh, blessed a couple of times to have Chris Ellis on board. He is a professor of political science and co-director of the Bucknell Institute for Public Policy. And uh, the day after the election, more of a coincidence uh, than by design, but we're certainly going to start out talking about the election. So good morning, Chris. Thanks for calling in this morning. Yes, good morning. Chris. Good. Yeah, good morning. Thanks for having me. Congratulations, Joe. I wasn't aware. I hadn't read the daily items. Oh, yet, thank so. you. Well, I, was, <laughs> I don't think it was in there. No, it was on the radio. Okay. <laughs> first of all, it was on the radio first. Let's get that out of the way. But uh, second, I don't think they follow these uh, local races. Anyway, okay, so let's go to Virginia. Uh, let's talk about this. Republicans win uh, there and a lot of other places and in statewide courts. Are we looking for a red sweep that's just beginning? Yeah, it's, it's obviously not a good sign uh, for Democrats. And, and, and the main reason for that, I think if you look at Virginia, but even New Jersey, which I think the Democrat will eventually win, but that's way closer than New Jersey should be, is that Republicans seem to have, at least in this election, found a formula to win, right, that we saw back in, in 2016 and 2020. You know, Trump did really, really well in rural parts of, of states like Pennsylvania and, and Virginia, but absolutely got crushed in the suburbs, particularly among white women. And so, you know, there's one, the question is, are Republicans ever going to win these people back, or are they gone? And second, can they do that with a candidate that still simultaneously gets the, the huge margins of vote that Trump got in, in the rural areas? And in Virginia, both things happen, right? The suburbs, particularly suburban women, swang back to, to Republicans pretty hard, so it looks like, I mean, it's one election, but it looks like that might have just been a Trump effect and is not something that's going to last in, in terms of Republican weakness in the suburbs. But um, the, the Republican of Virginia, Youngkin, actually did better in most rural areas than Trump did in Virginia. So he was able to find a way to both put the band back together and also get the kinds of, of you know, heavy rural support that Trump was able to attract, but, but that other Republicans before cannot. And if that, if that sticks, then that's a real ominous sign for Democrats. Um, obviously, there's the old quote, uh, all politics is local. And I think that's what Yonkin did. He didn't attempt to tie it to national issues so much as he did talk about what was important to people in Virginia. I, is, that a, is that something a Republican should be thinking about doing all across the country? I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, watching him play footsie with Trump for the past six months has been really entertaining. Um, but he didn't, he didn't try to nationalize the election, yeah. I mean, he sort of capitalized on, you know, what was generically a weak, a weak environment 
for, for Democrats with Biden's approval in the tank and the economy making people anxious. But yeah, he hammered home, uh, particularly education, obviously. And, and there was a, a poll that I saw a couple of days ago that said among voters in Virginia, Republicans were trusted to do a better job on the issue of, of public education, which was notable because I don't think I've ever seen that before. If we go back in polls for 20 or 30 years, this is one area where Democrats always always do better and that was not the case i think for the first time in a long time in virginia and so by hitting that by hitting the issues that are 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 important really to parents i mean i think that's a lesson not just for republicans but for everybody that you know sometimes given the national environment you might have the wind at your sails you might not but there's a lot more value in talking about the things that actually matter to people day to day than the sort of you know broad you know Thirty trillion dollar proposal in Washington, which sort of is is important, obviously, but I think for most people is not the kind of thing they think about, you know, when they get up in the morning. I love the phrase "playing footsie" because I think that's exactly what it is. He got the endorsement of President Trump. He used it a little. President Trump never actually came there and campaigned for him. And President Trump made lots of media calls for him to make sure that uh, he was getting the word out, but uh, not so close so that whatever the negatives of President Trump would be, you didn't have those. You just got the endorsement and, you know, sort of the for what that's worth kind of thing. Uh, that's a, that, that was well put. Are we going to see that delicate use of President Trump? I hate to put delicate and Trump in the same sentence. Perhaps but, arm's length. Uh, right, yeah. <laughs> uh, are we going to see that uh, next year and as we get ready for the midterms? I think you'll see more of it. I mean, and that, that's a the really good point that you made. I mean, you can't you can't win as a Republican now if you if you you know, win a Republican primary if you just stand up to Trump full stop. Like, it's just not going to happen, given the grip he still has on the party. But I think, you know, I mean, one, the way he did this, the sort of arm's length thing that you said, I think was, was a really good strategy. And also now there's there's proof that it works, right, that he did not, you know, full force embrace Trump, but was still able to actually do better than he did in the places that, that Trump brought in for Republicans. So now, you know, there are places where Republicans and other places can say, look, we don't need to you know, say a bunch of things in a primary that's going to get us in, in a lot of trouble in the general election. We can, you know, not be anti-Trump, but also not be anti-anti-Trump, if that makes any sense, and and still have a path to victory. So I think, you know, just seeing that happen on the ground in a state that's pretty blue, um, yeah, I think you'll you'll see more of that. It'll be hard. Some candidates will do it better than others, but I think now that there's proof that it's something like a winning strategy, you'll see a lot more of that. Well, Yonkin, uh, Yonkin, I thought, was kind of masterful in the way he ran his campaign. He realized he perceived the issue of education was going to be important, and he played it, I think, perfectly, while McAuliffe, in my opinion, shot himself in the foot with some of his comments about parents don't have the right to, uh, you know, have some say in their kids' education. You're uniquely qualified as a political authority and an educator. What rights do parents have? Is, is this something that Virginia took a hard swing right on, or is this just the way things should go? Yeah, I don't know if I'm qualified to answer that, but I'll try. <laughs> um, I mean, in terms of, like, actual constitutional rights to control a curriculum, parents don't really have any. I mean, that's not, I mean, your choice is to move to a different district or move your kids out of school. But that wasn't really the question. I mean, I think, you know, the question was how seriously are schools going to take the concerns of parents? And, you know, I mean, the critical race theory stuff stood out as a way to sort of energize the base. But, I mean, I, I think that the big issue there was just just how upset Democrats, or not just Democrats, but, but, but most people in Virginia were about how the public schools were handled during the pandemic. Um, and just, I mean, I, I 
saying to somebody else the other day that, that teachers unions have done more for school choice in the past 20 months <laughs> you know, than high-paid lobbyists and think tanks have done in 20 years. I mean, just the, you know, the frustration about keeping schools closed, about teachers sort of jumping the lines for vaccines and still not getting back in school. And I think that was sort of the, the bigger frustration. It wasn't just really about a, a, a right, but about parents really didn't feel like their concerns mattered in, in ways that were important. And so, you know, you can talk about, you know, national issues of, of taxes. You can talk about, you know, other sorts of things that people want. But if you're talking about stuff that's actually going to affect your own children, people tend to wake up for that. Well, Bill Clinton famously pivoted after the midterm elections and his impeachment. Is Joe Biden smart enough and capable enough to pivot back to the mainstream and away from the hard left that he appears to be embracing? I, I don't. <laughs> I think he's smart enough to do it, and I think in a previous generation he's capable enough to do it. I'm not sure some elements of his party base will let him, and that's that's sort of the the problem. I think. You know, the issue with Biden, in addition to the economic drag and things like that, is that I think people still like him, right, and still view him as a politician that, I mean, it's harder in today's environment to get things done. But he's there's the view that he's sort of been captured and taken his eyes off the ball of what he was elected to do by, you know, whatever the term is, wokeism, right? And, right. and you know, I don't, I don't think, like, critical race theory is all that big of a deal in itself. But and I got this from Twitter. I didn't make this up. But but saw someone say that the Democrats' problem right now is that they're combining a bunch of economic policies, which are really good for people and objectively popular, with a bunch of cultural attitudes that seem to be beamed down from outer space. <laughs> and and the more that that he embraces, is forced to embrace that. I think it keeps you know it, it for most sort of suburbanites that are swing voters and things like that. It you know, it takes them away from the things that make them want to elect Democrats in the first place. So there has to be some sort of pivot there. And, you know, policy-wise, it isn't hard. Like, the, you know, the, the Build Back Better, I mean, I don't think most people know exactly what's in it, but it's really, it's really popular. But it seems like the Democratic Party tends to get hijacked by a bunch of things that are important to, you know, for lack of a better term, college-educated white liberals and aren't important to the voters that need to win elections. And, you, I mean, you didn't just see this in Virginia, right? I mean, the essential defund the police thing in Minnesota bombed. I mean, in Minneapolis, of all places. Right. You know, New York elected the only real pro-police candidate in their mayoral election. So, yeah, I mean, I think a pivot would happen, and I don't think it would be... I think it's in Biden's constitution to do so. I just don't know if, if he's going to be able to do so, given some of the pressures from his left. President Biden obviously not heeding some uh, probably sound advice that he's received lately. We've asked some of our call-in uh, guests, uh, your professor uh, Paul Sievers from over there and some other folks, if I were president, what would I do to turn this around? So, Chris, you're our latest victim. What would you do <laughs> yeah. if you had some advice for the president or if you were the president? you got to turn this around. Uh, huh. um, yeah. Well, I mean, part of the problem is a lot of this is out of his control, right? If, if you know, if the virus flares up real bad in the, in the winter and, you know, causes the economy to tank again, there's really nothing he can do, right? I mean, that's what happened to Trump. It, it's sort of what's what happened to him, too. Um, trying to walk that line within his party with, with people like Joe Manchin and people like Ocasio-Cortez in the same party is basically impossible, so I don't know exactly what he does there. But I think in terms of, of rhetoric, and I don't think it's really Biden, but I think it's people around him, just sort of get back to you know, basically the kinds of things that got people to elect Clinton, that got people to elect Barack Obama, and to some extent got him to elect him, I mean, above and beyond the fact that he wasn't, he wasn't Trump. 
just look, we're here to help people in a dangerous time and in an uncertain time. And, you know, if that messaging sticks, I mean, that's the I mean, there's a lot of policies that Democrats are floating around right now that are objectively popular with large numbers of Americans, including including some Republicans in some cases. And so, I mean, this sounds stupidly obvious, but focus on the things that voters want and don't focus on the things that voters don't want. It seems to be a challenging thing for Democrats to do right now, but that's that, that's basically the way you, if, to the extent that this is in the president's hands at all, it's basically the way you turn it around. Chris, the Dems trotted out, or McAuliffe trotted out all these big Dems who came there and really put their reputations on the line uh, to talk about how important it was for him to get reelected, or to get elected again, I should say, not reelected. Yep. You know, what does this do to their credibility? Anything? I think people will forget that. I mean, you know, McAuliffe's been around forever and probably had a lot of favors to call in, and that had something to do with it. I mean, you know, people stump for candidates like this all the time, and then they end up losing. I mean, just saw a clip of Kamala Harris this morning saying, what happens in Virginia is important to understand what's going to happen in the country over the next two years. She probably wants to walk that back. But I think, you know, I mean, I, I, I think this is the kind of thing that happens in politics all the time. And, and no one, with the exception of, of uh, Randy Weirgard and the president of the Teachers Union, I don't think anyone really said anything that seemed like it was going to be you know, so out of control they'd never recover for it. It was just, you know, McAuliffe was a, a generic Democratic politician and he had other ones campaigning for him and I think, you know, they'll 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 move on. Well the reason I ask about that is because there was so much attention paid to whether or not Trump's coattails were effective. You know, and that the media debated endlessly about that. Oh, he's hurt he's hurt this candidate, he's helped this candidate. I just wondered where, you know, Joe Biden, how is, how does he recover from something like this? Does he get the message that does does he even see that it may be his out of touch policies that are the problem, or does he just chalk it up to personalities and move on? I mean, I think there has to be some kind of lesson, right? I mean, and again, part of this is just the normal rhythms of American politics, right? The economy's not great. People blame the president, or the economy's making people anxious. People blame the president. Um, they lose power in, the, in, in midterm elections or, or anyway. So, so a lot of this stuff is just going to happen. But the the tone shift back to, you know, because the reason, again, beside the fact that he wasn't Trump, the reason people elected someone like Biden is he had a long track record of working with different people to get things done. And it seems like, and this is not just his fault, right, it's, you know, all the polarization in Congress and people refusing to pass anything if his name's attached to it. But there's a lot of policies that he has that are not out of touch, again, that are pretty quite popular. And finding a way to make sure the message is laser-focused on that and sort of putting some of these, you know, again, particularly the cultural stuff, which is just going to be a loser in the suburbs, whether you think it's morally right or not, it's just not going to win you elections making sure there's discipline back on, you know, we elected a pragmatic dude to do things that people like, and let's talk about that. Yeah, there's so many winning pieces of legislation. I mean, the bipartisan infrastructure bill, and there's certain elements of the Buy Back Better that uh, would be wildly popular if somehow the message could emerge from the Beltway. All right, last question. Uh, we have fallen into some sort of an abyss in this country, governance-wise. It's been a long time since we've seen any good governing. Uh, are the national major political parties ruining the U.S.? Uh, oh, God. You um, have how many hours do you have? <laughs> and you have one minute. Uh, I mean, yeah, so, great. I mean, so, uh, on one level, yes. I think that there's, you know, polarization for polarization's sake and just trying to do anything to get political advantage rather than doing anything bipartisan. I mean, we can think of bills on immigration and infrastructure where there's a basic framework of agreement, but no one wants to give the other side the win. 
But I would actually put some of the blame back on voters here in some ways, because the election of people that are not that are, are willing to sort of come fire and brimstones that are causing problems is ultimately the fault of primary voters. And one of the reasons I think that, that Virginia came up with a candidate that was going to win and build this broad coalition is that they're, they're, the system of choosing him kind of veered towards picking someone that can win rather than picking someone that was the loudest. And so until people stop voting for more anger and screaming, there's no reason for the parties to change away from a model that emphasizes anger and screaming. Okay, so well, that's uh, a bleak pr- yeah, picture. Yeah, when it really stop, <laughs> if it were to suddenly stop working, we'd we'd do something about it. But in the meantime, you know, the way we fix infrastructure is we put a finger in the dike and then uh, raise heck, kick the can down the road. Right, and and yeah, other, and other cliches. <laughs> so, thank you so much, yes, Chris. Chris is there anything critical you wish to say that we didn't ask a question that elicited that uh, answer? Uh, no, I mean, I think. Just back to the election for a second. Watch the New Jersey thing, too. I think the Democrats are going to win, but New Jersey's another state that's really blue, but also really suburban. And if there's a whole lot of Democratic weakness in the suburbs, that's going to be a real big problem in a couple of, in, in a year. So pay attention to that, too. All right. right, will do. Thank you so much Thank for you, your sir. time and your interest. Come back and visit us again as time permits, and uh, we'd love to explore these and uh, many other topics. Thank you, sir. Sounds great. Thanks for the call. Take care. That is uh, Professor Bye. Chris Ellis, a professor, full professor of uh, political science at uh, Bucknell University. And we appreciate his insights from time to time. We see his name popping up within the discussions of the Civil Discourse Coalition. And uh, if only sitting in the back row, but definitely making sure that that and other discussions happen on campus. He also is co-director of the Bucknell Institute for Public Policy, which is helping to glue together some of these panel discussions you see with uh, folks on both sides of big national or international issues. We'll take a quick break. A speedy dialer could get through with their comment about either the uh, political abyss that the U.S. is in uh, or the election in Virginia or the many Republicans who won in Pennsylvania yesterday. Uh, We'll take all comers on all topics. It's open phones. 1-800-795-9565. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Can't have that conversation on the air. No. I I think there's some uh, great voters around here that put some good mayors back in, but I question some of the wisdom of other votes that were cast. But that's just me. All right, 1-800. Can you do that Tuck comment? Well, I have to I have to clean it up. Okay. But the day of, Richard Tuck was uh, Dick Nixon's dirty tricks guy, and he ran for Congress in California, and he lost. And the day after the election, he was asked for a comment about it, and he said, "The voters have spoken. The 
B-words. B-words. <laughs> yeah. And Has to do with illegitimacy. Illegitimate children. <laughs> All right. 1-800-795-9565. Eric, first caller of the morning from the general public. Good morning. You're on the mark. Good morning, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call. So kudos to uh, Pennsylvania. Kudos to the United States. Another uh, democratic process through in the books. Uh, with very, very little violence. Uh, the only thing I saw locally, and remarkably, it, it made the paper because someone over in Shemokin apparently grabbed the arm of somebody, you know, and, and that was enough to make the paper. So, so uh, you know, peaceful, uh, the American way, uh, great. Um, uh, kudos to all those who ran. Whether you ran, you won, or you lost, kudos, especially those locally who are running and not any for office where they're not ever going to get aid. Kudos for those. Kudos for those who, who won, and, and we have spoken. Okay, but the downside. Um, so I'm trying to run the numbers this morning. Um, what do we have, about 80,000 people, Snyder Union County, something like that, in the ballpark. I know Snyder's around 40. I think Union's about the same. So 80,000 people and less than 20,000 people voted. That, that's, a, that's a shame. That, that's, that's a shame. So anyone who calls into this show and has any kind of political views and you haven't voted, you know, don't even call in because you, you, you have no basis. Because if you're not going to, to exercise your right, the right which, you know, some of my relatives and your relatives died for, if you're not willing to get off your duff and go out and vote, whether you know, then, then don't, don't call into this show and, and say, hey, what's wrong with government, you know. So, so I, I'm, I'm happy with the process and then very disappointed with the voter turnout yesterday. Well, well bear what about in mind, not all of those 80,000 are eligible to vote either. Oh, well, granted, granted. That's what I'm saying. It's probably 40,000, 40%, 40% or something like that. Well, obviously, we have kids. We have under 18s. But, you know, yeah, I understand that. But but still, of 80,000, only less than 20,000, 25% voted? That's that's a shame. Because a lot of the local, important local races, you know, uh, especially like down here in the township supervisor, that's the only government we have down here in southern Snyder County. Uh, a school board. Everyone screams about what the school board's doing. Well, did you go out and vote for your school board people? Yeah. Uh, your, your local people? Yeah, so, so if you didn't vote yesterday, then don't don't call and complain. You know, and I know some people. I'm not going to call anyone on the air because I appreciate anyone called in and leaves their name like I do. Um, uh, you know, but this one caller calls in and, and broadcasts his his agenda off as religious right, and then proclaims he doesn't vote at all. So, so as far as I'm concerned, as you say. You don't vote, then then you don't have a voice. You can't complain. <laughs> well, you can complain because this is a free country. But your, uh, le- let's say your legitimacy in complaint is perhaps questionable. You're just a whiner. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and I'll, I'll end with this. So, so to my my people, call in and try to use my name and acronyms and so forth and, and so forth. Um, look at America and then see what name is in the middle of America. That's all I'm going to say. All right, we got you. Thank you so so much. Appreciate the call. All right, one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five is our telephone number. On the mark, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Always check them out at sunburymotors.com. Trying to think of that one. United States of America. So what's in the middle is states of. Of. Yeah, United of. States of, of America. In the middle is states of. Ick. Oh, ick. 
<laughs> Ix in the middle of America. Some gooey ooze in the middle of America. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Yesterday, when texters were coming in, we didn't hit the refresh button yet. So uh, you can a little bit of background. Jordy Comas called our program yesterday. He's a great... Uh, he must be very depressed today because all the people Democratic. who called in to support lost. All right. uh, and it says, oh, come on, Jordy, your hypocrisy is showing with the Abrams election in Georgia. But then again, she is a leftist Democrat, as are you. Did we read that? I, I don't remember I whether don't we know. did or not. All right. Well, we got a caller on the line, Joseph. Go right ahead. We are doing an election post-mortem. We found some ick. What do you find from the outcomes? Oh, I, I like the outcome of a lot of them. I want to comment on, uh, I think it was Eric that just called. Mm-hmm. He said about if you don't vote, you can't say anything or call in this program. I don't vote, and the reason I don't vote is because I'm not allowed to. Oh, I'm a citizen on. of the United States, but I'm also a citizen of the heavenly kingdom, and I'm an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven. So oh, an ambassador <laughs> cannot get entangled in the affairs of this world. Oh, brother. Oh, brother. Come well, on. Now, wait, wait a minute, gentlemen. <laughs> I, I represent another kingdom. Oh. So I, if I were ambassador from Japan and lived in the United States, I could not vote or... Your laws don't really have any, uh, a lot of bearing on me. Well, then you I don't. cannot get entangled in the affairs of another government. So I guess you don't say the Pledge of Allegiance either, right? No, I don't. No, no I don't. of course not, right. I appreciate Maybe. this country, and I love this country, and I live in this country. I pay taxes and all that, but I am representing another kingdom, and people cannot understand that. The Bible says that I am an ambassador. You can read it right in First Corinthians. That, uh, if you're a believer, you're ambassador of a heavenly kingdom. If I were in ancient Rome, I couldn't have voted for Caesar. Or if I was in Hitler's Germany, I couldn't have voted for Hitler. Well, you know, sometimes the ambassador and sometimes Pardon? the amb- sometimes the ambassador gets recalled if things aren't going well. <laughs> so maybe you better be careful. <laughs> I don't know. I render unto Caesar the vote that he requests. Yeah, even Jesus said that, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. Yes, he did. Unto God right. that which so, is God's. Yeah. It's gospel. Seriously. All right. To be continued. We'll take more comers during the 9 a.m. hour. This is WKOK. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome back. WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Joe McGranahan is here. We're doing a post-mortem on the fall election of 2021. It is November 3rd, 2021 uh, today. Joe McGranahan is here, newly re-elected mayor of uh, Shemokin Dam. Uh, he issued a statement uh, last night or this morning and said, I'd like to thank the citizens of Shemokin Dam Borough for electing me as their mayor for a fourth term. It's an honor to serve our community, and I look forward to working with our borough council, the borough manager, the staff, and the police department for the next four years to make our great community even greater. Again, my thanks to the trust you've placed in me. So good for you. And no opposition, right, this time around? No, not this time. And you have had other people on the ballot, I have, correct? Yes. Right. People tried to oust you, but it just didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Get rid of that guy. I'm a fixture. <laughs> <laughs> like like the spigot. Well, as long no. as it's not like the toilet. I, I, was, I was just thinking about that. I 
Okay. All right. So that's yeah. Congratulations. Good for you. Thank well, you. Well, and thank you for your service. You know, you don't get paid for it. Uh, you have a lot of selfish interests in being mayor of Shimoka Dam. Oh yeah, like what? <laughs> Oh, I can't think of them right now. <laughs> no, there's absolutely no self-interest at all whatsoever. Yeah, Your street doesn't get plowed any interest. sooner. Uh, uh, you don't get home any earlier. You don't. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> but it's a great service. So thank you for that. Much. You get to go to a Christmas party once a year. Oh, okay. Well, good for you. Well, and it's probably one that you're more associated with giving than being a recipient of the of the honor. So, all right. One of our good listeners, uh, read the upper right hand corner. Your name's right in there. Yes, it says, "Good morning, gentlemen. Congratulations, Joe." You're you're a wonderful mayor, and thank you for being there for the people of Shemokin Dam. Thank you for the kind words. I'm eating my words this morning, which is fine with me. What a wonderful bite of food. Thank you, Virginia Democratic voters. You got your common sense and voted the right man to lead your state. I'm really hoping New Jersey votes in the right man, too. We couldn't have won without the Democratic voters. No way about it. Now, Northumberland County, am I right in thinking there were only about 1,000 total votes for the mayors that were running? It's so very sad. Thank you all for allowing my opinion. Yeah, what was uh, Sunbury? 700 to 600, so about 1,400 or so votes cast in the city of uh, Sunbury. Uh, I think of Sunbury as having about 8,000 residents. Let's assume 1,000 aren't old enough yet to vote, so uh, that's uh, way less than a third turnout. So, yeah, that's probably not ideal. Eric was lamenting low low turnout as well. Yes, politics is a spectator sport, but just uh, sitting on the sidelines is what most of the spectators uh, do. All right, so we got the on the mark program underway. We are discussing the election yesterday and the outcomes. Uh, we would invite you to contact us. We talked about the presidential race, talked about Virginia and New Jersey. We're going to read some headlines that relate to some local races and so maybe having a remark about those. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. You can email us at onthemark at wkok.com. Include the, the keyword OTM and our toll-free line is open. Call us one 800 9-5-9-5-6-5. All right, the promised news headlines. Sunbury voters elected Sunbury City Councilmember Josh Brocious to be the city's next, next mayor. He received 713 votes, while independent candidate Jody Auker received 666. All results are unofficial until the recounts are conducted. Sunbury City voters also elected Republican John Barnhart and Rick Reinhardt to, to be on council, losing by just 11 votes in unofficial results. was one of the hardest campaigners I've ever seen in history, Victoria Rosencrantz. Again, unofficial results. A new judge in Snyder and Union County, 17th District, will be a judicial district, will be Lori Hackenberg. She's currently a magistrate in Middleburg and easily defeated Brian Kerstetter, an attorney from Lewisburg. That vote margin, 10,042 votes to 7,173. Uh, in Milton, there was a one-vote margin of victory for Tom Aber of Milton over Joseph Morales, Aber received 595, Morales uh, 594. In Sealands Grove, Sarah Lover, uh, Marvin Rudnitsky, Bobby Owens, and Scott Frost were the top vote getters there. There are more election results at WKOK.com. Here are some of the statewide races of interest. 
In the state Supreme Court election, Republican Kevin Brobson is the declared winner with 52 percent of the vote compared to 47.3 percent for Democrat Maria McLaughlin. In the race for Superior Court, Republican Megan Sullivan defeated Democrat Tamika Lane 55 to 44 percent. There are two open seats on Commonwealth Court and those results are a bit closer. Unofficial returns show the two GOP candidates, Drew Crompton and Stacey Wallace, leading their Democratic opponents with 26 and 27 percent of the vote, respectively. In other election results, Ed Ganey will become the first black mayor of Pittsburgh, easily defeating Republican opponent Tony Moreno. Ganey defeated incumbent Mayor Bill Peduto in the primary. Wanda Williams will be the new mayor of Harrisburg, the second African-American woman to assume that post. Williams defeated incumbent two-term Mayor Eric Papenfuss in the primaries, then Papenfuss mounted an unsuccessful write-in campaign, capturing only 27 percent of the vote on Tuesday to Williams 65 percent. I'm David Payne, News Radio 1070 WKOK. We told you earlier about an immunocompromised woman from Muncie who was on the Geisinger transplant list but was taken off the kidney transplant list when she declined to get a COVID-19 vaccine with a series of valid reasons. As soon as uh, we did news stories and other news media did stories, 40-year-old Sherry Breen uh, said uh, what she wanted to have Geisinger do in the first place finally happened. That was something I was waiting on them to do, and it just seemed to never get done. Well, then this story came out on the news. Literally, within two days, all of those hospitals or transplant centers called me to get me scheduled or get me on their list, and I verified with each of them that I do not need the vaccine. And she got on four different transplant centers list after the publicity. You can read lots more about that story at WKOK.com. And finally, Penn Live reporting today. Rick Sorrentorum got a new job. And, of course, you've been seeing him on CNN from time to time. He was a paid commentator there. But he started it last night on Newsmax as a senior political analyst. Uh, he made his debut offering insights on its special election coverage. Newsmax CEO Chris Ruddy said in a statement, Santorum is one of the most articulate and candid political analysts in media today. We're honored to have him leading Newsmax's team of commentators Tuesday and beyond. Well, I have seen Rick Santorum numerous times on CNN, and I just don't get what he says. You know, he's, he's has that sort of ultra he's like 50 times smarter than me and maybe even smarter than you and he speaks in a language like a George Will speak you know I just never get him but maybe other folks do and hopefully the Newsmax team they are probably smarter than me too so they'll get in everything he says all right. You may one, be right. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number Mike thanks for waiting a short time go right ahead you're on the mark well I'll tell you what you know, every time I tune into your station, I, I hear something that, you know, makes me scratch my head and say, I, I don't believe I just heard that. And I, and I think I, you're going to have to correct me because my memory's getting bad. But did I hear a previous caller say, if you don't vote, then you shouldn't have an opinion and call in on this station and, and talk about it? Did I hear that? Yes, you did. Yeah, that. that that's interesting. I, now I'm assuming that fellow is a, a liberal or Democrat or whatever, and and I and I think that's very indicative of the way they think. If if you're not just like them, then you don't matter pretty much, you know. And 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 th- th- this is going to be uh, I'm going to what do you call it dovetail into what I wanted to really talk about. I want to talk about Uzbekistan. Now I've never been to Uzbekistan, and the first time I actually heard it talked about, I had to look it up in the on a computer and find it on the map to see exactly where it was located. But I'm, 
since I've never been there, but I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to tell your listeners, I think the United States should be more like Uzbekistan. And why do I say that? Well, because they have a reform uh, government in there, and their government says we want to have a free market economy. Uh, he's got the people believing that tomorrow's going to be better than today, and, that, and, and tomorrow's going to be, uh, the next day's even going to be better than that. You know, they're, they're very positive, and they're, they're, they're having elections there, you know? And you know what they do when they have elections? They have got a secure election. They have a system where you have to have a photo ID, okay? And then you have to have a comparison made of your signature on that ID. And then that precinct that you vote in communicates to the other precincts to make sure that you didn't vote there. And then in the conversation I heard, there was actually a fourth level of security to make sure that they do, in fact, have very secure elections. And I have to say, even though I've never been to Uzbekistan, I think the United States should be more like them, and I hope that doesn't disqualify me from uh, calling in on your radio station and, and stating my opinion, because even though you may not value it, I'm, I like my opinions. We value so your that, opinion. That, we value your opinion. Well, I, I, I think you do, but I'm, I think I'm just, you know, being facetious a little bit and trying to mock that fellow that said, if you don't vote, you shouldn't have an opinion. You know what? Right, if, you wouldn't want to be dismissive. In, go ahead. <laughs> you wouldn't want to be dismissive like him. <laughs> no, not at all. If, if the way I, And I'll be honest with you. I know a lot of people, I mean, they spent their lives paying attention to one thing, sports, okay? And they didn't know anything about politics, and they said, I don't know. I don't know anything about these guys. I don't pay attention. I'm not going to vote for anybody because th- that would be bad, you know. And uh, so they they just didn't they didn't bother to vote. And even if they were, you know, someone give them a ballot or whatever, they wouldn't fill it out because they didn't know anything, you know. So to me, to me, it sounds like we're having pressure from one side that they want every single person to be forced to vote, whether they know anything or not, almost. I, I don't think we want to force people to vote. I think people should vote because they want to or because they believe in in something that they want to see advanced in this country. But, you know, people have the right not to vote. And I, I, it's been my experience over the years, and it's terrible to say, but people respond to things that are negative, that, that concern them. If people believe things are going well, that the elected officials that they have put in place are doing what they intended to do and that their lives are at least not adversely impacted by those people, they tend to be, I won't say complacent, but they tend to be satisfied. You know, maybe it could be better, but, you know, it could be worse, too. So there's nothing, uh, no one on the ballot that I think is going to make it better, and no one I think is going to make it worse, so I won't vote. You know, I won't take the time to go out. But, you know, when they have something something that really irritates them, where, (laughs) for example, a municipal government has gone against their wishes, then they have every right to show up. And I, I don't fault them for saying, well, you didn't show up last year when there was nothing of interest. You know, we're about control, and I won't say controlling, but we're about improving at the municipal level the lives of our residents. And either we do Good it or governance. we don't do it. Yeah, we either do it or don't do it. If we do it, I think they trust us. If they if we don't do it, then they, they come after us, and rightly so. Exactly. And the, the la- I just want to ask you both a question before I go here. Now, I paid a little bit of attention to the polling uh, that was coming out of Virginia, and it looked like the uh, Democrat had a you know, significant lead, and then that lead decayed the closer you get to Election Day, which I guess is not all that unusual. 
But to me, I think there had to be a precipitating event in this particular victory. And, and I'm going to speculate that Joe Biden played a big hand in it. And I think there were a lot of people that, you know, were maybe on the edge of voting one way or another. And when Joe Biden floated the idea that he wanted to give $450,000 to people that, you know, broke the law coming into this country, I think that may have just pushed them a little bit over the edge to vote for the Republican when they may have been previously inclined to vote for the Democrat. Do you think there's any credence in that? From everything I've seen, national issues were peripheral in Virginia. You know, it was education and the fact that McAuliffe said, in effect, that parents don't have a right to determine what their children are taught in school. Uh, He came out and said that he thought there wasn't enough diversity among the teachers, too many white teachers. I think he he tried to play the race card, hoping to win uh, the minority vote, if you will, and instead he alienated a lot of people who don't want that for their schools, don't want that for their children. They want kids to be taught history fairly and accurately but they don't want to be indoctrinated into somebody's political beliefs. Or guilted. Or guilted, yeah, for that matter. You're right. That's a good way to put it, Mark, a very good way. Wow. You just took my breath away hearing that he actually said those things. I mean, to tell you, I thought this guy was a seasoned veteran politician. I mean, he he actually told the parents of, of the state of Virginia that they didn't have a right to determine what their they children They wouldn't have the taught. final say. They wouldn't have the final say, right. Right. Or shouldn't have the final. It was a terrible soundbite. He didn't really try to reel it back either. He said it was taken out of context, which that's true about every sentence you've ever spoken. If you only say one sentence out of a paragraph, then it's out of context. But the fact of the matter is, uh, parents feel as though they should have the final say. And uh, in a technical sense, we don't directly, but we certainly do in the long run. But uh, to to defend the statement uh, made him look worse. And I think he was pandering to make sure. To, to Democrats to make sure that he would try to hold on to some of the Democratic votes. But as one of our good listeners pointed out, he ended up losing Democratic votes as well. Yep. Yeah. Huh. That, that was a big. That was a big election down there. Then I mean, definitely. I mean, <laughs> you know. And I and I, like I said last time, I say I, I love to turn on CNN and uh, MSNBC to see what they're talking about. And I kept flicking back and forth this morning, and and all they were talking about was uh, COVID. And January 6th, for some reason. Well, I think otherwise they have to explain the negative impact this election had on the Democrats' chances, and they don't want to do that. Yeah, this is another rung down the ladder of power, so why, why so would they, you accentuate So they don't want that? to take ownership and talk honestly about what happened. They'd rather talk about something else. Well, sure. Wouldn't you? <laughs> Changes. We have to change the subject now, Mike. I got to get going. If so. you had egg all over <laughs> your, if you had egg all over your face, you'd want to discuss something other than the egg. All right. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, uh, thanks no, for I calling. Got, if I got egg on my face, I want you to tell you me. You tell there. me. Okay. okay. Well, guess what? They do. So, all right. Thank <laughs> okay, you, Mike. Have a good care, one, Mike. Appreciate the call. All right. We got calls coming in. We got callers waiting. We got to take the quickie break to stay on schedule. Uh, those folks dialed one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. Some emailed us. At on the market at kok.com, and uh, I don't think there's any new text. Uh, text us at 70236, include the keyword OTM.
When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Joe, Joe and I are belaboring uh, silly, silly points off mic. All right, 1-800-795-9565. We've got one line open. Dan has patiently waited uh, minutes, 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 but uh, he's got an open mic right now. Go ahead, sir. You're on the mark. Hey, good morning. Why, you know, Eric brought up about only, uh, what is it, so many percentage of the people vote. Well, the ones that don't vote, I appreciate their confidence in me that does vote because they're letting it up to me. And by the way, I'll make a great decision for you people that don't vote. Appreciate your confidence. Well, that's true. People who do participate probably do so with an informed view. Amen. And I tell you what, as you listen to me over the years, you know I always make the correct vote. <laughs> we know you right. think you always make the correct vote. Well, yeah, that, so does everybody, I think. Nobody votes. Well, probably right. somebody has voted. Say, I didn't want to vote for him, but they told me to, or somebody told me to, or whatever. And, uh, you know, I, I appreciate what happened in Virginia. The people down there said enough is enough is enough. Of this control freak, Democratic left-wing party, we had enough of it, and I appreciate that. Very wise. I wondered when America would come back and say, we've had it with these control freaks. And I, the same thing will happen in, the all, I believe, the next elections, because they're sick, and I would, I'm proud of Virginia as you, a lot of Democrats had to cross over and vote the right way instead of just because it had a D at their name, voting for the D, you know. So that's that's great. That's what makes our country great when we make the right decision, just you know, and say freedom's more important than than control from the. Tr- top of our system. All right, we got you. And and I appreciate a union and Snyder County made the best decision by voting for a great person for judge. Very good decision. And I think we put in all the right people this time in Pennsylvania. 
Well, glad you think so. I'm sure there's some others who have a different school of thought. But uh, yeah, Brobst made it in. He had on, or Brobson. Brobson. They don't Brobst. get it. <laughs> the professor you had on, they they call, they try to say we're in tribes. Well, we're not. I vote values. Whoever's the best candidate, that's who I'm going to vote for. I'm not. I don't have to fit in a little group. If a if a person outside the Republican Party runs and is a great person, I'll vote for him. But of late, I've been voting mostly Republican because there's no one in the D's that represents my values. That's the reason I vote R. They're the closest to my value system. So that's the only reason. Not that I'm in a little tribe behind which they can't stop talking about Trump, even though most of us have. They they still look in that it's Trump people. It's, it's values is what we're voting for. All right, we got you. Thank and, and you. And I say thank you, you people that left me vote for you. <laughs> I made a good decision. Yeah, you're a state representative in that regard. You get Amen, to, you, brother. You, re- you represent 80% of the state when you go to the polls. All right, yeah, thank you so much, Dan. That? That's a big responsibility. Yeah, you got yeah. a lot more boning up to do, so go meet more lawyers. Well, yeah, and I think a lot of races yesterday were unique in Pennsylvania and elsewhere. Said you weren't just picking the lesser of evils. You had two, three, four, five good candidates across the board in every race, local races and throughout. So look at Sunbury's mayor race. Uh, both are both would have been fabulous mayors. Josh will be a fabulous mayor. So uh, it's, uh, you know, those were good choices. Thank you, I sir. Like yeah, Always like, like the old saw, we, picked, we had to pick from the evil of two lessers. <laughs> either, either way. <laughs> All right. Taylor is uh, checking in 12 hours early. Good morning, sir. You're on the mark. Good morning. Uh, how are y'all doing? Good, Hanging good, good. In. Very good. Well, I'd like to first echo Dan's, uh, you know, you know, I, I feel much gratitude for, for being allowed to uh, pick all of these, uh, go to the polls and represent so many people yesterday. It, it felt felt good, uh, you know, and uh, I was happy to cast my vote and uh, think it counted. But I was actually just calling in to, I, I couldn't believe I was hearing that somebody said we should be more like Uzbekistan. That kind of really, um, I, I was flabbergasted, honestly. Um, you know, they are, I, I did a quick look up, They're, you know, they are not a free country. Like, that is an authoritarian country. Just because they have voting um, doesn't mean that they're actually free. We have strict like, I think voter like, ID. Strict voter ID. They kill you if you, <laughs> if you try to fraud. Yeah, and um, I mean, I think it just goes to show, you know, in Russia they have elections, you know, and but, but they're not, you know, they're not real elections. So I, you know... <clears throat> I just think that we should be more discerning about who we want to be like. Well, I think um, if you're talking about John Oliver's report on uh, Gurbaguli Burma Dudovov, I can't even say the guy's name who's their president. <laughs> I mean, he's he's apparently pretty flaky. I wondered about that, too. <laughs> yeah, I just, um, you know, we should judge how good a democracy is on like the participation and and how easy it is to participate and you know i i i don't object to the to the idea of voter id it's just that you know there are a lot of people that don't have those ideas uh, ids right now and that you know whenever these voter id laws come up 
there's just no specific plan to try and make sure that everybody gets one. Yeah, that's well said. I really honestly think, especially in Pennsylvania, there's a lot of hoops and hurdles to go through. We've had plenty of callers with anecdotal information that called in, and you can just look to me trying to get uh, my uh, Social Security card renewed, uh, this kind of thing, because it's very hard to get uh, these kinds of IDs, try to get a real ID, you know, or somebody else talks about their parents. If they, you know, some parents don't have, or some people don't have a birth certificate or don't have, you know, all these obvious things that you and I might have that would help us to get an ID, but I honestly, I, I agree with you, Taylor, if if we could come up, and most people want to this, if we can come up with a way that would allow us to verify ID in a doable fashion for everybody, that would be a great system. Yeah, and you know, I, I, I really, um, I, I think it's kind of very unfortunate that, um, that uh, you know, absentee and uh, vote by mail has been so denigrated in the last couple of years, I think that's great. You know, if I can vote from home, then I'm, I'm really happy about that. And we do have safeguards to make sure that, you know, whoever isn't just picking up your mail and filling it out or whatever. You know, I, th- I think all that stuff is good, and it, and it actually helps more people vote. So right. okay, I'm, thank you. I'm, yeah, I don't think we should be more like Uzbekistan. <laughs> yeah, noted. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you yeah, so much, line. Taylor. I appreciate Thanks, that. Taylor. Right. International, thank you. International Traveler Taylor from uh, Lewisburg. Appreciate that. All right. We'll take the quickie break. we got a next caller ready to go. Uh, should we be more like Uzbekistan? That's a very good question. We can't say the president's name, but we know he's pretty onerous. So do we wish to emulate him? Uh, do we need voter ID in, in the U.S. that uh, some come up with some sort of a system that everybody can do? One of our callers. Eric uh, said, uh, listen, if you didn't vote, you can't complain. That's not how democracy works. But what's your view on that? 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarket.com. And you can do as no one has done lately. Text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. All right. Thank you so much for calling in. Uh, upper right-hand corner, Joe. Why not? Said in Iran, they dip your finger in purple dye to prove you voted. All right, I've not seen a that. bad idea. Yeah, I've seen that, and it doesn't come off for a couple of days. That way, you can't vote twice. Oh, uh, well, just don't drink any grape juice on the way to the poll, <laughs> or stick your finger in it. Stan, you have to t- start talking. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting. Yeah. Anyways, uh, good night in Virginia for the citizens of Virginia. You know, they had a they had a racist run in, in McCullough. You know, he tried his little racist stunt there with uh, bus and the Tiki Torch guys with the, you know, black-white supremacists there lined up in front of Yonkin's bus trying to, you know, sway the election. And, you know, to, to say that the uh, parents of children don't have any say in the, in what happens in their schools, well, that's so, you know, that didn't help him. But, you know, he he tried to call the, you know, everybody in, that voted for Yonkin redneck racist, basically. But, you know, they also... Those redneck races voted for uh, the first black lieutenant governor in uh, in Virginia, Winsome Sears. You know, she's a Jamaican re- uh, immigrant, came here legally with her family, and and, and a Marine uh, veteran. And, and also the the attorney general, who's a Cuban Cuban Im- immigrant. I can't say his name. It's Jason Mayoris or something like that. I you know, I'm not good with Spanish or that type of stuff. But uh, so you know, those redneck races down there. You know, there's. Mm-mm. Things didn't quite turn out the way the lefties thought it, thought it should, did it? 
Well, yep. you're right. I mean, you certainly can't say that the the people of Virginia are racist. Although I think the left would like to say that. You know that. Well, well they ha- they did. I heard them this morning saying about well the Trump base. Like the Trump base was, you know, the, these rednecked hillbillies and, and racists who put uh, Yonkin over the top. And I don't think that's the case at all. I think he did very well with uh, Democrats. He did comparatively well with Democrats. He did very, very well with independents. And he had a lot of Republican support. And I don't think Donald Trump hurt him, and I don't think Donald Trump really helped him. Not really. No, but he, he helped promote it. And, uh, you know, right, that's neither here nor there. Yunkin did it on his own. He went out there and he got the message that the people wanted to hear. They're sick and tired of the school boards down there pushing the crap into the schools that they're pushing and covering up rapes in schools. That, they're tired of it. They well, don't want it. That, the other that's thing, not what they want. The other thing, though, that wasn't the primary issue. The primary issue with the voters in the election and the exit polls was the economy. And, uh, that, you know, mm-hmm. inflation is a very real thing. People are seeing the prices they're paying for almost everything skyrocketing. And the only place to lay the blame for that is on the desk of Joe Biden, who said the buck stops here. That's right. And, uh, well, they did have a racist governor in there, you know, with, uh, what's his name? I can't remember. Uh, what the heck was his, is the current uh, governor there in Virginia? Uh, Northam. 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 You know, he, he, yeah, Mr. Blackface or KKK robes, whichever one he was in. Maybe he was in both of them in that college picture. Mm. Don't know. <laughs> but, you know, so, you know, people are sick of that stuff. They're sick of being called racist every time they disagree with the left. You know, and... and you're right, and probably the economy was the biggest thing, but I think a lot of the suburban Democrats that came over to vote for Yonkin, it was about the schools. They're sick of it because, you know, they don't necessarily agree with the Republicans on, on economic issues most of the time, do they? Because, you know, they voted for Joe Biden. Go figure. But, uh, yeah, and the other thing is, you know, great thing happened last night down in Atlanta. Well, I guess it happened in Houston, didn't it? Atlanta. Braves won the World Series and poked an eye in the leftist MLB leadership. <laughs> they poked the finger in their eye. You know, they, they, they took the, you know, the racist in, in the leadership there, took business away from the minority businesses there in Atlanta in the summer for the All-Star game and took it to a, a majority white city in, in Denver. So I'm glad that they poked them in the eye with that. You know, not that I watch much baseball. Or very little. I don't think I watched Nobody, any I think this year. A lot of people you know? were pulling for the Braves. One of our good le- le- emailers, letter writers, you call them, uh, came in and said the same thing. I, you know, I'm not a baseball fan, but I'm rooting for Atlanta because of the all-star diss that happened and yeah. uh, the fact that, of course, the games have to be played in Atlanta if Atlanta's in the playoffs of the World Series. So, exactly. Voila. And, and, you know, the... The whole right. thing was based on a lie about the election laws that Georgia passed. I'm surprised they no, didn't try to move. Lie. I'm surprised they didn't try to move the games out of Atlanta, the home games. <laughs> Thank you so much for calling <laughs> in, sir. <laughs> Thank you, Stan. Stone. Thanks, Stan. All right, now, how are we doing? Thank now you. Too. Now Take go care, back buddy. to texting, will you, please? <laughs> no, call anytime, <laughs> well, Stan. Do both. Do both. I mean, and do both. All right, upper right hand corner, please. It says, "Thank you, Dan. I'm going to use that when I come upon a person that tells me why they don't vote. <laughs> Yesterday, when I voted, I would have felt more comfortable pulling out an ID. They just said, "Yep, you are you. Sign on the line." They didn't know me from any other person. I looked around to see if I knew anybody, and I couldn't have told you anything about them. I didn't know them. I would have felt more comfortable and proud if they had asked me for ID. 
Thank you, and have a great day. Yeah, we're still doing signature comparisons in Pennsylvania, so I would have a feeling uh, within four years that'll be done. As soon as we get a new governor in there, that will be the end of signatures. Well, you know, it's funny. I don't know about you, but my handwriting has declined in the 43 years since I registered to vote here in Snyder County, mm-hmm. you know, when I signed. And, and I haven't yours changed was my, pathetic to start with. It wasn't good. That's why I learned how to type, you know, and since then I find that my signature is almost illegible. Yeah, and I think there is a lot of that because signatures have gone under more scrutiny. It used to be that they'd kind of glance at them and wouldn't look hard. But, of course, since that is our form of voter ID, you see this all the time at the polling places where people say, oh, it certainly looks significantly different. And, you know, sometimes they'll ask for another form of ID that would have an old signature on it, you know, like a uh, credit card or a driver's license, something that would have an older signature on it so they can try to compare that. But that's happening more and more. Uh, Bob, you are on the mark. Thank you so much for calling in. Yeah, good morning. I always show my ID anyway if I go in to vote, but I've been voting by mail anyway since this pandemic. But uh, I just want to say um, how close the races were last night. I mean, look at uh, up there in Milton. He won by one vote. (laughs) So uh, we're the divided states of America. We're not the United States of America yet. You know, and that... uh, governor the one down there in virginia you see what he's saying he's going to do he's going to take away a grocery tax he's going to take away a gas tax he's going to give people fifteen hundred dollars off their taxes well that's actually from biden the fifteen hundred dollars so apparently he's got a way to just wipe away any taxes well, is, that, is that possible to just do well, well look at joe biden expenses. he's going to soak the rich i mean all these things you like about biden what, why do you find well, we that... We need to soak the rich. Oh, we do? Okay. Well, maybe well yeah. Maybe they got more money than they know what to do with. Maybe it'll tweak the state budget so that the taxing system is more inclusive of individuals you, of wealth. That might be. The other thing you can do is, and should be done, is reduce the cost of government. That's right. a great way to save money. Do you work hard for your money, Bob? Yeah. No, not really. I said on my ass and get paid for it. <laughs> I'm a bus driver part-time. That's what I always say. I well, I mean, I, I think that people work for their money. I, I don't begrudge Some rich people, people their money. people work very hard, yes. And, you know, they have but, the training uh, and education to make the success. People don't work hard. We don't. Well, I mean, like down in, uh, in Washington, D.C., I mean, they work, what, maybe half the year of that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what about state government? Get, let's get Eric fired up again. Oh, state government. Well, yeah, any employee works works hard, no matter what your job is. Um, you know, and what the one caller was saying about before, you know, if you don't vote, I think what he meant was if you don't vote, don't complain about, you know, the problems in the world. Well, and just for the record, in case people wondered why part of what you said sounded a little broken up, mm-hmm. Just move on. Okay. Well, the word is posterior. Okay. Okay. Well, sorry about that. <laughs> That's I all right. Thinking about it. <laughs> anyway, moving but, uh, on. Congratulations, Joe. I'm glad you made it for another term. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. That's more like it. <laughs> That's better. So, Joe uh, so be I can sit on mine and do nothing. <laughs> Joe will be up on his posterior at the head table. All right. Upper right hand corner. Then Says, uh, the I recommend Dan and Stan get a hobby. I think going to Texas and standing at Dealey Plaza and waiting for Trump's running mate, JFK Jr., would be excellent. Signed, Tom. And just to give that some perspective, there was a picture uh, on. 
on Fox News this morning, and they were poking fun at it, of uh, people standing around waiting for John F. Uh, what do they call it? Al Anon? Not Al Anon. That's Q-Anon? A, uh, QAnon. QAnon people standing around waiting uh, for the return of John F. Kennedy Jr. and for Trump to be reinstated as president. That was supposed to have guess happened yesterday. Oh wow! It was yesterday the day? Wow. Okay. Well, we'll have to wait. Another three years. Uh, so I wonder what is a conspiracy theorist who has a definite date for their conspiracy theory. What do they do that when that date passes and nothing happens? Do they say, gee, maybe I was wrong, or do they come up with something else? Same thing your GPS does. When you take a left turn, you're supposed to turn right. Recalculating. (laughs) Recalculate. All right, you can read that, and then we'll take the break. In 2019, The Economist magazine declared Uzbekistan its country of the year, arguing no other country traveled so far as the Central Asian nation in 2019 in terms of economic and other reforms. Also, the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, in case you're not familiar with it, calls Uzbekistan's reforms a new equation for inclusive growth and cooperation. So they've made progress. But if you try to vote without an ID, they shoot you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but who knows? All right. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. Uh, we are still talking about the election. We had Professor Ellis on a little bit earlier helping us out with our analysis and review of uh, the election in Virginia. He didn't specifically word it that way, but it appears as though we got a red tide to moving over the U.S. in some of the elected offices, statewide offices here in Pennsylvania, probably the midterms next year, and maybe the governor's race here in Pennsylvania a couple of years next year, and uh, U.S. uh, well, not U.S. Senator, that was already Republican, but uh, that could uh, stay Republican. Uh, One of our good listeners says, should you complain if you didn't vote? One of our listeners says no, but another listener says, no, actually, that's kind of arrogant. You really, you should complain no matter what. And uh, what's your view on the outcome of the election? 1-800 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number, 1-800-795-9565. One of our listeners sends us a text and says, the voters are stupid. So there you go. <laughs> all right, so I think that says it all. All right, 1-800-795-9565. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mirth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way. The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right, anyway. All right, 1-800-795-9565. Somebody might have suggested we move to Texas, but to that end, one of our texters says, Tom, why would I want to go to Texas? Are you demented? Okay. (laughs) Another listener says, Hey, Bob, who are you to determine how much money a person should or shouldn't have? Yes, you want to soak the rich. Yep, soak the rich. Well, I want everybody to pay fair taxes, but is a flat tax fair if, uh, you know, low-income earners, it makes such a big dent in their 
taxes. Well, they're talking about a flat income. They're talking about a global tax for corporations. Is mm-hmm. that fair? Mm-hmm. Uh, IBM makes a lot more money than Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation. So, you know. Would we have to pay the global tax also? Well, yeah, you'd have to pay it. Uh, the, hence the word global. Would it make another, uh, we are in the world. Is it, right, we, of, are. we are of the world. Um, but would that make another tax go away? So would our federal corporate income tax, assuming there is such a thing, would that go away? I don't know. But I think going back to the election again, I think that the, the economic issues are going to have a big impact here, and I think that's exactly what uh, the people of Virginia, you know, the, a lot of talk about education. I think the left would like to portray it as the right down there just got everybody upset about uh, critical race theory mm-hmm. and, and teaching in our schools. But that's, you know, the economy. That's a factor. It's a factor, but the economy was the big factor. <laughs> well, the one and whether the... you like it right now, it's a big fat turkey and Joe Biden well, because of the inflation, because of inflation. Yeah, that was a factor, but everything else is all the other factors. Well, plus you have pushback against any incumbent. You know, the first couple of months of an incumbent president are always tough. We looked at that graph earlier this week, and, you know, you can see that President Obama, President Trump, President Biden, their popularity declined immediately after they were sworn in. And and so you have that's a factor. Of course, this thing about parents not having the final say on curricula, that's a factor. But but so is inflation and gas prices and things that people care about. Professor Ellis nailed it. It's things that people care about. You sure. know, I, I think people probably care about the climate, but they want the government to do on its own. But they want things like the infrastructure bill to pass through Washington because they know that that will impact them. You know, they want practical things. Well, you know, I think you can make an argument about, yes, in theory, the infrastructure structure bill is a good thing. But what we really need to know is exactly what is being funded in that bill. And that's where the Democrats... So we don't have a glimpse of that particular bill either. I understand only a portion of it is for real infrastructure like bridges and tunnels. For example, uh, Amtrak has been trying to get funding for a um, a redoing of the tunnels into New York City because it's a bottleneck in the Northeast Corridor. And then there's another section across the the river, the Potomac, I think it is, that uh, causes them a bottleneck problem. You know, and high-speed rail transportation would certainly be possible. And it is on, you know, it's pretty good between Boston and Florida. It's not bad at all. Uh, between Boston and Washington, it's even better, right? So, I mean, we have a. Wouldn't that serve to improve the environment if we got a lot of cars off the road instead of driving or flying? Well, people took the train. Too. You can, you can, you can do freight high speed. It's not worth it yet, but eventually it will be. As soon as you know, as if the number of truckers uh, were to go down in the years ahead, and I don't, I don't think a, sh- a trucker shortage is the only thing that's exacerbating some of these things. But uh, soon you're going to have high speed rail for freight is going to be necessary. Uh, Upper right-hand corner, Joe. Uh, Taylor says, just because Uzbekistan has a growing economy doesn't mean that they are not authoritarian. On the Democratic Index, they rank 155th out of 165, and that's not a good (laughs) thing. Hope they can turn it around. All right, and then those are new texts there. All right, the global minimum corporate tax plan by the globalist is that each country that signs on will not go below a certain percentage. So, I mean, you certainly are going to pay it one way or the other. Then uh, Tom seems to be very informed about the uh, QAnon plans. Are you a closet conspiracy nut? (laughs) (sighs) Well, you know, and let's look at Pennsylvania and these elections. Um, The Supreme Court election in particular was important. Uh, Kevin Brobson won that uh, rather convincingly. Too bad? Yeah, Yeah, uh, with his negative unfair ad. That was wrong. 
Well, unfortunately, he should be punished for that. Both of the candidates there were extremely well qualified and highly recommended by the bar association. Yeah, we had quite a few races where we had good selections to make. Right. Um, there was only, I think, one candidate who was not recommended, and, and that she was, won. Well, did she win? Okay. Commonwealth Court. The Stacey only reason, Wallace. yeah, the only reason she was not recommended is she refused to participate. Oh, that's in the a different person. No. Bar association. Yeah, I didn't think it was Stacey. Yeah, Wallace. you're you're talking about a retention judge. No, I'm talking about a uh, for Supreme Court. No, not for Supreme Court. That was just a new new judge, not a retention. Hmm. Retention was on Commonwealth and Superior. Covey? Covey, Co- yeah. Covey, was Covey. It, I was think it, that could that be her name? Yeah. Yeah, you got to participate, I think, anyway. But, you know, the these races are important. And in Pennsylvania, l- the last time, it went pretty solidly against the, Democrat, or against the Republicans. Now, this time, it was a Republican sweep. So, I mean, if I were Joe Biden, I'd be sweating right now. Well, I wouldn't be sweating. I'd be doing something. You know, I I think President Biden is clearly being... Criticized most well, harshly, if if nothing else, for inaction. If he pushes this stupid multi-trillion-dollar deal and it drives inflation up even further, he's just going to hand the next election for the next twenty years to the Republicans. Joe, I got to tell you about. It. I had an opportunity to sit in this vehicle. It's very nice. Now I didn't drive it, but it is the brand new Ford Bronco Sport. This is a smaller Bronco. The big one's not out on the lots yet, but the twenty-one Bronco Sport that uh, they brought up here that we got to sit in and. Uh, some of us uh, drove it. I did not, but uh, uh, it is just a super one. Then the one we did is the Badlands, which is the off-road one that has the higher clearance, and it has this thing in the front where you can run into snow banks, and it doesn't hurt the front of the car. It doesn't have any damageable cowling. They have the Outer Banks version, which drives in the sand nicely, Big Bend, and, of course, the base model. That's what you like because that's got the bigger motor, and then you can hit the sport button and go over the posted legal yeah, speed limit. All right. Of course, your attorney's always glad that you do that. He gets paid no matter what. But these are some of the models of the Broncos, and the Sport is the wonderful one that I have. You can take it to camp or hunting or out in the woods or down Interstate 80 at the posted legal speed limit, and just fabulous vehicles. They got the pilot, uh, co-pilot 360 assist. They got the lane holder, so you can take your hands off the steering wheel, and it goes down the hallway, highway all by itself. It goes down the hallway, too, if you're well, inside. It does, yeah, if you're not careful. The way I drive, that that happens. Sunburymotors.com. Thank you, Joe. We'll see you tomorrow. This is WKOK. Sunbury.